Open up with me this morning to uh, the book of Galatians. I have, uh, we're going to talk about the renewed mind again today. And our foundational scripture for this series on the battlefield of the mind comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. But if we get on the subject of the mind, it takes us, it's really a very deep series. It's not something that you talk about one time and turn the page and go on to another topic. Our mind is something that we have to keep, something that we have to control. Nobody can control your mind for you. If that happens, you become a robot. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you, that you may approve what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. The renewing of the mind is a process that each one of us needs to undertake. It needs to become our main assignment right after you get born again. You've got to have a mind transformation. The renewing of the mind, that word renew, it, when you break it down into uh, the, the, the true meaning of renewing is renovate in the strong concordance. It's a Greek word. And when you renovate something, how many of y'all know, have any of y'all ever went through a renovation? of a room or your house. Well, a few last year we went through a major renovation because our house got flooded with water when we were away from home. When we got back, it was it was the ceilings were falling in uh, from the top floor. Water came down through the, all the two by fours, everything was soaking wet. They had to put fans in there for weeks to try to dry out the wood. Uh, it was, we had to tear out the old ceilings. You gotta, in a renovation, what I'm trying to say is, you gotta do away with some of the old stuff. The stuff that's no good, you, you gotta tear it out. You take it out, and then you bring in the new. That's what you call renovation. <coughs> Well, our minds have to go through a renewing process, a renovation process, where we do away with the old and replace it with new. We gotta do away with old thoughts and replace them with new thoughts. An old way of thinking to a new way of thinking. From a worldly way of thinking to a kingdom way of thinking. Amen? Amen. We gotta make that transition. Nobody can make that transition for you. You can be saved, born again, washed in the blood, and the Holy Spirit living inside you, but you can still have a lot of cobwebs and worldly thinking in your mind unless you renew your mind. And if you don't renew your mind, you will never be able to change the way you act. The only way to change the way you act, hallelujah, is to change the way you think. This mind controls every action of your body. It is the, it is the control center. And we have to let God's Word come into our life. We have to read it, put it into our mind. 
Hallelujah. Let that renewed mind yoke up and, and, and join in unity with our born again spirit. And then, man, I tell you, we off. We off to success. We're off to victory because our thinking becomes his thinking. Amen? That's a transition that the church sometimes has failed to make. That transition. They're saved, but their minds stay unrenewed because they don't put enough energy in or enough uh, in work into reading the Bible. Amen. Amen? I can read this Bible and it will benefit me and it will benefit you if you'll pick it up and put it in. Amen? Yes. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just do like the iPhones or the Samsung, I don't know what you call them. Anyhow, these phones. Anything you want, you just hit a button and it comes into it. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just hit a button, just tap this heart right here and say, download God's thinking to, into me. And wouldn't that be easy? Wouldn't that be nice? And we done got used to downloading everything into the iPhone and want the iPhone to do all our thinking. Yeah. But, hallelujah, the Word of God, the renewing of the mind, and the transformation does not take place by just pushing a button. Uh -huh. Hallelujah. You have, to put, you have to put it in on a daily basis. You need to come to church, hear the Word of God, and when you leave the church, you need to take them. When you go home, you need to take and read the Word of God. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Come back to Bible study. Get more from your pastor. More word, more word, more word. Amen. The Bible says that the preachers are called to preach the word. That's right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Not preach opinions, not preach politics, but to preach the word of God. That's, That's right. what we're called to preach. That's what we're called to download into you, into your spirit and into your mind. But thank God that you don't have to rely upon the priest or the pastor or the evangelist to do everything for you. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Uh, you have to do your own downloading. You have to do your own reading. And that's where a lot of people come up short. They come to church, they hear a 30-minute sermon, or if you come here, you're probably going to hear a 50-minute sermon. <laughs> but all I'm trying to do is get as much as I can into you while you're here. Amen. Because I won't see you Monday and Tuesday, most likely. But while I have you here, I'm trying to feed the sheep. That's my calling. Feed the flock. Feed them. Feed them. Feed them. So, but I just really want to encourage you. Do your own Bible reading at home. Amen. Develop that relationship with Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. So, let's get into the, renewing, the renewed mind today. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 7 through, through 10. The Bible says, You ran well. Wow. That was good. We took off. Like the 747 off the runway. We, we, we were running well, Brother Tony. But the Bible says, Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Who? That means you need to do some investigating. Amen? Who hindered you from obeying the truth? You were running well. Man, you were on fire. You were doing well. You were fixing to win this race. You were fixing to get, get the crown. Whoa. Well, what happened? Something happened. You were hindered from obeying the truth. 
Verse 8 says, This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. Anytime you're hindered, I want you to know that this persuasion, this distraction, did not come from our Father. It didn't come from the Lord Jesus Christ. It didn't come from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not hinder us. He's always helping us. He's not a hindrance, but a helper. And the Holy Spirit always helps us run and finish this race. But what the devil has a calling to do is to try to hinder us from finishing this race. We were running well, but something came to hinder us. We got to put our finger on, pinpoint, investigate where this hindrance is coming from. Y'all, I've been pastoring for 25 years now. This church could not contain the people that has come through this door. Some have come through that door and are still running the race. I can look at them. I can see them. I know those that are still running. But I know some that have come through the door that have stopped running. And the reason they stopped running is because they got hindered. They have got distracted. They're no longer running the race. They've slowed down the pace to where they're barely at a good walk maybe. Still professing to be Christians, but they ain't running well. Y'all with me? Somebody say amen. I like to hear one. And I've seen a lot of people fall out of the race because the hinderer, who is Satan himself, the father of all lies, the master of deception, who is your adversary, does not want you running well. He does not want you to be found faithful doing anything for the Lord. He don't want you to come to church faithfully. He don't want you to read your Bible faithfully. He don't want you praying faithfully, hallelujah, on a continual basis. He wants you to begin to regress, not progress. That's right. So he sends hindrances to all of us from time to time to slow us down, to stop us from finishing well. And we got to identify the hindrances. But we got to know that this persuasion does not come from God who calls you. God never calls, sends anything. He doesn't send a holy angel or the Holy Spirit to hinder you. Never. If you're being hindered from coming to church, if you're being hindered from reading the Word of God, you've got to find out where you, what the hindrance is because it ain't God. And God ain't in it. Right. Amen? Amen. God ain't the one stopping you. God is the one always saying, come. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. Amen. I'm with you. I'm for you. Hallelujah. So, verse 9 says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you. Paul said i got confidence in you. Uh -huh. In the Lord. That you will have no other mind. you got to have no other mind. Yeah. But he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. Yeah. You know, the people that have been sent by the devil to hinder you, to stop you, 
God uses good people. And some people will come along in our life and we're running well, we're doing well. A man may be coming to church, he's single. Hallelujah. He gets born again. He gets delivered from all these bad habits. He's running well, man. I mean, he's on fire for God. Hallelujah. He's up at the altar and he's praying, Lord, send me a godly wife. Lord, give me a godly wife. Oh, I need me a good helper. And the devil heard him. The devil said, hmm, let me send him a foxy good-looking woman by that I can control. Yeah. Oh, and this man is running good. He's running well. And he sees this foxy lady. The devil's come, sins, and, and he, they begin to talk. And he begins to say, oh, man, I like her. Man, she's beautiful. Oh, man, let me go check her out a little bit further. Let me take her to the movie. Uh, let's go to a... To, to, uh, out to eat somewhere. And next thing you know, he's following her. That's right. Instead of following Jesus. Right. Next thing you know, this man that was on fire, you don't see him come to church no more. He ain't down at the altar. He, he lifts in his hand worshiping the Lord. But he's all following this foxy lady. He used to come to church. Now he's going to the juke joints. He's going to the bar. He's bar hopping. Oh, he's going everywhere but where he needs to go. He was running well, but now he's no longer running. He's running after the persuasion that came from the devil. Hallelujah, not God. He was praying for a while. He wanted someone so bad, he said, this must be it. Oh, my goodness, the devil will send you something. And if you don't know it's God, oh, you'll get so far off track, and you'll look back three or four years later saying, how in the world did I get here? My, I've seen it happen so many times. People start following things that ain't of God. And they were running well. Now I can't I can't I can't even uh, throw a rope out there and tie it around their neck and drag them to church. That'd be the only way you can get them there. Yeah. Just by asking them ain't, ain't, ain't it ain't happening. A phone call, it ain't happening. But something took them off. They were hindered. Their faith got hindered. They were running. They had their eyes on Jesus. All of a sudden, they done lost focus. I'll tell you, it happens so many times, y'all. And the devil is always the one that wants to take you backwards. So you got to have your eyes open. You've got to stay focused. You've got to have your attention on Jesus. And you can't let nothing get in the way. If you let anything get in the way, what could it cost you? What will it cost you? Will it cost you your sons and daughters? Come on, somebody. Yeah. It might cost you more than you was ever willing to pay if you don't continue to follow Jesus. I've seen it cost people their whole families because they went off, began to be persuaded by other things, and they think, you know, mama ain't loving daddy and daddy ain't loving mama. Daddy, daddy's slapping mama around. The kids are out. Hallelujah. They're coming home to a, a house full of grief and sorrow and fighting and fussing and jealousy and every evil work under the sun is there now where God used to dwell. Ain't nothing but the devil in the house. And it cost them their marriage. Yeah. When mama went this way, daddy went that way. 
Next thing you know, the children living up under this heartache, this mess, and next thing you know, they go to school and they get hooked up with the wrong kind of group, wrong kind of friends. Instead of getting hooked up with the, with the youth at the church, they get hooked up with the youth that's selling crack cocaine on the side of the street. Yeah. Next thing you know, they smoking marijuana, doing crack, drinking and everything else. They ain't 15 years old. What happened? This family, six years ago, was in the house of God. Daddy looked like he loved mama. Mama loved daddy. The family were growing. The children were going to children's church. Every, they, looked, they came into church smiling. Five years later, can't find a smile. The devil came in and hindered their walk, hindered their race, and put some persuasion in their way, and they went after the other things instead of after Jesus. I tell you, it's so costly, y'all. It's very costly. I've seen people's families fall apart, and I hate it, but ain't a thing in the world I can do but pray. Amen. Amen. I cannot control people, neither can you. You can pray for them, but it's up to them to make the right choice. Uh, I want to tell you what we have to do when we're, run, when we're running this race. We have to have no other mind but finishing the race. We got to find out who's hindering us. This comes from Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. The word, we got to stay focused in these last days. Amen. The Bible says in Romans, I mean Revelation chapter 12, around verse 10 and 11, the Bible says the devil knows his time is short. Yeah. He knows his time is short. Listen, the devil knows his time is short. Yeah. Which means. The end is coming soon. I believe the devil knows. He, he doesn't know the day nor the hour that Jesus is coming, but I believe he knows the signs of the time better than the church does. Yeah. He sees things begin to happen. He begins to see what's going on. He said, my time is short. He calls a board meeting down in the pits of hell with all his demons, principalities, and powers, and rulers of the darkness, and spiritual wickedness. He called a board meeting. He said, look at him. Y'all, we got to turn up the heat. We got to put on a major distraction. We got to hinder the church. We got to hinder the world because our time is short. If we want to fill hell up, we got we to gotta get to work here. Yeah. He tells them that. Then he sends them out to bring people down. The devil don't never pick nobody up. Yeah. And if he does pick you up, it's only for a short moment. Yeah. Because he's trying to get you hooked. And when he gets you hooked, then he pulls the rug out from under you, you hit the floor. Yeah. You lose everything. Because the devil's only got one intention. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's right. That's what he's after. Yeah. Oh my. Lord Jesus, thank you for the Holy Ghost help today. Stay focused in these last days. Don't be distracted. I can't help you stay focused. When you leave here and you're at home, it's you and Jesus. Pastor's not with you when you go to Walmart, when you go to work. Don't be distracted. Distract. What does the word distract mean? <laughs> it means having your attention diverted. Yeah. That's right. 
It means to turn away from the original focus of attention. Yeah. See, Galatians chapter 5, when it said you were running well, it means they had their attention in the right place. That's right. They wasn't diverted. They, they had full concentration on the original attention span, hallelujah, which was Jesus. They were running well. Yeah. And he, he, he uh, gives them a word of confirmation or uh, what's the right word? Uh, you're doing well. Yeah. You're running well. You're doing well. But then he comes right behind them uh -huh. and said, who hindered you? So they lost their attention. Now what does the word focus mean? The word focus to concentrate. Y'all need to say to yourself, when I come to church, I'm going to concentrate. Amen. We talked, we covered this Wednesday night. You can be here in your body, but not be here in your mind. That's right. You can be here physically, but spiritually, you're gone. Yeah. Your mind's off somewhere else. Yeah. How do you know that, Pastor? Because if I met y'all at the door and gave y'all a short quiz on what I preached today, just some easy, simple questions. Uh -huh. Like, what was the topic? <laughs> we all ought to be able to say, the mind. Yeah. I say, what was the topic? And y'all look at me like deer in the headlights. <laughs> oh my goodness. I know it was just a few minutes ago, Pastor. You just preached the whole 30, 40, 50 minute sermon. Yeah. I don't know what you said. <laughs> my goodness. That's what I'm talking about. We cannot hold our concentration. We cannot give our attention and keep it at the focal point before we lose it. It's gone. And the devil is good about alluring us and our minds somewhere else. But we can't give the devil our mind. He is not able to control my mind unless I give it to him. That's why it's my job to renew my mind. And to control my thoughts. To focus. When I think about focus, I think about when I when we go deer hunting, we sit up in the deer stand, I always take my binoculars. Because my binoculars help me see further than I can see. Yeah. And up close. So if I see a deer two or three hundred yards away, mm. we just want to shoot the big bucks. Okay? Not the little bitty deer with little bitty horns. So, but 300 yards away is hard, really. Brother Dudley can say amen. That guy's a, a big time hunter. He would have his own hunting channel. <laughs> but for 300 yards away, you can't really tell how big of a point, how many points he's got, or how much mass he has on his horn. You can't see it. But if you got them binoculars, you can put them up. But when you first throw them up, they may be focused on 100 yards. And if they focused on 100 yards and the deer 300 yards, you have to adjust the lens. Mm -hmm. And when you adjust them, you can bring it on in to where it's crystal clear at 300 yards. Mm -hmm. But you have to turn and adjust the lens. If you don't adjust, you can look through them, have a fantastic equipment in your hand, but if you don't know how to work them, you can't get focused and you can't see what's out there. Yeah. 
So you, we have to do our part. The devil always wants to distract us. I got two little uh, illustrations from the Word of God about how the devil likes to distract us. Don't let him distract you in these last days. If you're coming to church, keep coming to church. You started coming to church, keep coming to church. Watch out for the distraction now. Because it's coming. Anytime you start growing, anytime you start developing a destiny and a purpose for Jesus Christ, and you're starting to get a flame on fire for him, yeah. look out. Distraction is on the way. That's right. Hindrance is on the way. you got to look out for it, and if you can identify it, you say, oh, no, I ain't letting that get in my way. I will be at church. I will read my Bible. I will pray. I will do what's right in the eyes of God, and I won't be distracted. But if you, don't, if you ain't looking for it and really on fire for God and won't let anything get in your way, when things get in your way, you know what you do? You run straight over Run slap over. Mm. Amen. Devil getting you in front of your car? Don't slow down. <laughs> Don't put on the brakes and stop and say, Would you like to come in? You need are you hitching a ride? No, floorboard. That's right. Run over it. Right. Amen. Amen. He gonna, he gonna try to run over you. Okay. Now, uh, Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Y'all turn there with me. We're going somewhere. Numbers chapter 13. I'd like to start in verse uh, 26. And I want you to follow with me, okay? We got we got time. Everybody say, we got time. Oh, yeah. We got time. How many of y'all give me five minutes? Fifteen. Come on, I need more five minutes than that. Fifteen. Five, ten, fifteen. Okay. Verse 26 says, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Verse 27. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flowed with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, hmm, the people who dwell in the land are strong, the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report uh -huh. 
of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Verse 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their sight. My, my, my. Children of Israel have been living in bondage for 430 years in Egypt. God used a man by the name of Moses to bring them out. He brought them out with mighty signs and wonders and the power of God. <clears throat> Ten plagues upon Egypt. The last plague, Pharaoh finally said, you know, it's time to let these people go. So they left Egypt and they crossed. God split the Red Sea for them. They crossed over on dry ground. When they got there, hallelujah, but God began to give them some directions and said, look, Moses, Tell the people I'm taking them to a land flowing with milk and honey. And I'm going to fight for them. And Moses said, I want y'all to go spy this land out. So Moses sent 12 spies, one person from each tribe, to go in and spy out the land. So they go in for 40 days, and they spy out the land that God has given them. Hallelujah. They come back with a cluster of grapes. A cluster of grapes, one cluster of grapes, like you buy in a bag at Ingle. One cluster. They had to put it on a pole, and two men had to tote it. Uh -huh. I'll tell you what, them grapes must have been the size of apples. Yeah. Woo! That's what it looks like when God's in control. Ooh, a land full of milk and honey. He said, I'm going to give it to you. They came back. And, and Caleb and, and Joshua tells Moses after 40 days, hey, it's just like God said. Yeah. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Praise God. And then all of a sudden, the other 10 spies begin to speak out. And they begin to say, oh, but they're people of great stature there. Oh, oh, we ain't going to be able to do it. And Joshua and Caleb stand up and begin to say, look, we better shut them up real quick. Yeah. We got to quieten them down real quick. So Caleb jumps up, interrupts, and says to Moses, Moses, but we are well able to go in and take the land. Now Caleb and Joshua's got the mind of the Lord. They got the mind of God. They remember what God had said, that I'm going to give you this land flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. Now they got the mind of God, but the other ten come back they heard the same thing that Joshua and Caleb had heard God say to Moses. This land full of milk and honey, I've given it to you. Joshua and Caleb didn't have no fear. They seen the same giants that, 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 that the other ten spies seen. They seen everything that the other ten spies seen except for what the only difference is them two kept their mind on what God said. Right. They didn't let nothing distract them from what God said. If God said it, Caleb said, it's good for me. If God says the land flow of milk and honey, it is. If God says we can go in and take it, then we can. We well able. God is with us. He never got his mind sidetracked. He stayed focused. 
He kept his attention on what God said. The other ten started getting, they lost focus because they gave their attention to what they seen in the natural. Yeah. They seen the giants. Hallelujah. And they began to say, oh, we, they stronger than us. They so much bigger than us. There ain't no way we can go in there and defeat them. And they lost heart and they fainted and they said, we can't. What's the difference? One did not lose focus and the other one did. It's always going to be, the, be, be that way. And if you win, it's because you kept your focus on what God said. If you lose, it's because you looked at what the devil said. Hallelujah. It may, they may be giants in the land. But listen, you got to remember, God said you ain't no breath hopper. You are a giant killer. That's right. Amen. you got to have the mind of God, the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. And don't lose focus and keep pressing and go in and conquer the land that God gave you. That's right. Amen. But they lost heart. And guess, that bad report, the Bible said it's a bad report. There's too many people going to church today that's getting bad news. Yeah. They ain't leaving here, they ain't leaving church with something they can go and get victory with. Yeah. They leaving, coming in with the head down and leaving crawling. Yeah. But Jesus said, I'm going to give you some good news. Oh, that's that's right. Right. And it's always up to us to keep a good report. Amen. We don't get, keep a good report by saying there ain't no giants in the land. You don't have to deny what's out there. That's right. You just stay focused on what God says. Right. Don't let nothing make you lose your assignment. That's right. So the ten spies spoke that bad report and it went through the whole camp of Israel. Now why couldn't the whole camp believe the two? Two. Instead, they went with the majority. <coughs> they must be right. And they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and never went in. Mm -hmm. Because they listened to a bad report. Listen, there's plenty of bad reports out there these days. You might go to the doctor and get a bad report. Mm -hmm. You might go to the bank and get a bad report. There's plenty of bad news out there. If you look at Channel 5, Fox News, or CNN, consistently negative news, you will get plenty of bad reports. Amen? Amen. But it's up to you whose report you will you believe. That's right. The Bible says in, in, in the book of Isaiah, I think it's chapter 55, verse 1, whose report will you believe? Right. I choose to believe the report of God. I believe to, to what the Word of God says. I'm not going to let the devil two cents a time. That's right. People listen to the devil too much. And the devil works through circumstances. He works through people. He works through things you can see. And if you are moved by what you see, you're going to be like the ten spies that never entered into Canaan land. But if you walk by faith and not by sight, you will enter the promised land. Hallelujah. How many of y'all want to enter in? Amen. 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 Well, you really got to have your mind made up if you're going in. Because before you get to your promised land, the devil always going to show up and see if he can distract you, if he can hinder you, if he can knock you down, if he can deceive you. Who hindered you from running well? Amen. So, the next illustration I want to show you right quick is in Matthew chapter 14. 
And you can read this for yourself. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 33. You can read this for yourself. Here's the scriptural reference. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 33. Jesus had given his disciples a word. He said, I'll see you on the other side. He sent the disciples off in the boat. He said, I'll see you, Emily, on the other side. That's a prophetic word from Jesus. See, what they didn't pick up on, Brother Jimmy, is they didn't realize Jesus had already given them the anointing to cross over to the other side. That's right. So when he pushes them off and them 12 disciples go off in the boat, man, they're running well. It's calm waters. It's a sunshiny day. zippity doo dah. Everything going the way they wanted it. But all of a sudden, maybe about midnight, the wind began to bolster. The wind came up out of nowhere. Just out of nowhere. Beautiful day. Woof. And the waves began to rage. And the water began to beat into the boat. And now the Bible said they became fearful. They fearful because of what they seen. They had forgot about the word of the Lord. I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. See, the, the problem is between one side and the other side, sometimes it gets chaotic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, it, it would be nice if we just always smell, sail real smoothly every day. That's right. But the devil, if you're a child of God, hallelujah, and blessed by the Lord and got an intention to do something good for God, the devil going to try to create some chaos between one side and the other side. He may try to create some chaos, but he can't never stop you from getting to the other side because Jesus already said, I'll see you on the other side. So you got to keep your mind on, I'm going to the other side. The wind may blow and the waves may rise, but I'm still going to the other side because Amen. Jesus said I would. Amen. Amen. But if you get start going by these two, ooh, they did. The disciples started going by these two. And they got fearful. The wind, the waves, the water coming in the boat. What we gonna do? What we gonna do? All of a sudden, at the fourth watch of the night. That's around 4 o'clock in the morning, y'all. It's when you get in your best sleep. You're supposed to be resting real good at the fourth watch of the night. But a lot of times, oh, the devil likes to come in. It, 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 it's dark. It's right before dawn. The devil created this wind. He created the waves. The disciples are fearful. But here comes Jesus. Remember, he ain't in the boat. He pushed them off. Said, I'll see you on the other side. But in the fourth watch of the night, here comes Jesus walking on the water. Walking on the water. After I, I want to see a video of this when I get to heaven. He's walking on the water, praise God. And all of a sudden, they look at Jesus and they think it's a ghost. Yeah. Now their troubles have multiplied. Not only do we got wind and waves, we got a ghost coming at us. Uh -huh. Woo! And Jesus reveals itself and Peter said if that's you Jesus 
Permit me to come out there where you are. Oh, Jesus says, come. So Peter, this, the wind's still rolling. The waves are still rising. The water's still coming in the boat. And Peter steps out the boat. His eyes are on Jesus. Now, y'all got a picture of this now. When you read the Bible, you got a picture of what's going on. Peter steps out. Ooh. Hallelujah. One foot's up. Second foot on water. Woo. Third foot on water. Now, look, he's looking at Jesus the whole time. Walking on water. I'm coming to Jesus. He gave me a word. There I go. Here I come. Here I come. And then all of a sudden, the devil jumps up on his shoulder. And whispers in his ear, Peter, do you know that you're walking on water? <laughs> and then he goes to reason it. Am I really? Do you know this is impossible? You're probably right. You know nobody's ever done this? Ooh. You should get back in the boat, Peter. You're going to drown out here. You're in the middle of the ocean. And Peter gets his eyes off of Jesus. And he gets his mind on the circumstances, the wind and the wave, which is brought up by the devil to distract him from walking in the supernatural. Jesus wants us to walk in the supernatural. Amen, somebody. But as long as you look at everything on the outside and determine whether you can walk on water or not, how much wind and waves are there, if you're focused on that, you ain't never going to be able to walk on the water. And he began to sink because he didn't keep his attention. He didn't stay focused on Jesus. That's the key. The whole time, the devil said, I got to create some kind of circumstance between him and Jesus. Where can he get him at? The battlefield was the mind. That's right. He gets him when he's out there walking on water. He speaks to his mind and says, you ain't supposed to be doing this. It's safer for you to get back in the boat. Right. And he began to sink because he realized, I'm not supposed to be doing this. And he got his eyes off of Jesus. Began to sink. That happens all the time. Anytime you start believing God for something, anytime you start running your race real well for the Lord, look for distraction because it's coming. Amen? Amen. Don't fall for it. Don't give in to it. If, it's a, if, 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 it's, if, it's, if the devil's trying to feed your flesh, don't fall for it. Jesus only cares really about feeding your spirit, man. That's got to be number one. After you get your word, hallelujah, then he'll, he'll, he'll multiply the fish and the load to feed that natural man. But that number one man is your spirit man he wants to feed. Don't let the devil distract you in these last days. He's coming. He'll use people. He'll use things. He'll use circumstances to win in the waves. You, you may be saying, well, Pastor... Why do you think the devil can stir up the wind and make the waves rise? The Bible said the devil is the prince of the power of the air. He's the prince of the power of the air. He can create some wind. 
but it ain't the holy wind. That's right. Amen. The wind that he creates don't ever bring blessing. It brings destruction. So your, the concentration point is Jesus. Don't let nobody break it. Amen. Don't break it for nobody, no one, Amen. at any time. And you'll walk in the supernatural. You'll walk in the blessing. You'll walk in the victory that God has for you. But don't lose heart. Stand with me this morning. You're not no grasshopper. Amen. They said in our own eyes, in our eyes, we look like grasshoppers. What made them all of a sudden see themselves as grasshoppers? Their way of thinking. They let the enemy get in and make them think, you ain't really nothing. The devil tells Christians that all the time. You think you can lay hands on the sick? You can't do that. You think you can cast out devils? You can't cast out no devils. You think you're going to heaven? Look at yourself. You're a mess. The devil tells you all kinds of stuff like that. But he's a liar. I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can. And I can have what he says I can have. Hallelujah. Let me talk to the people out there that's in, in the world, whether you're in Southeast Asia, you're in Africa, anywhere, and you're seeing this YouTube or this sermon audio, listen, Jesus Christ loves you. He died for you over 2,000 years ago. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Accept Him. Believe in Him. He'll wash you in His blood. He'll fill you with His Holy Spirit. He'll give you a life that's worth living. Don't matter what country you're in. And listen, if you're in the ministry out there, pastors, leaders, evangelists, apostles, whatever you may be, in the five-fold ministry, I encourage you, stay focused in these last days. Don't be distracted by anything. Keep following Jesus. Keep your eyes on Him and walk in the supernatural. He's giving you the land. Walk in it, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and thank you for tuning in.